The following program was produced by a community producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the community producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Welcome to Malden 02148. I'm Ed Lucy, your host for the evening, and my guest is uh, the well-known Michael Goldman. Yes, well-known by the police, the fire department, and all kinds well, of people. More than that, uh, uh, Michael not only has uh, a, a state connection, uh, he's a Malden connection. Correct. His family, um, some of you may know, but others, just to give you an update, uh, have, uh, have a funeral home in Malden for many years. His brother is currently... Uh, the uh, operator, but his father was before him. And Michael is a graduate of Marlin High School. Correct, uh, class of '67, which is the same as uh, our our director here. Correct, I Ron and I went to school together. Yeah, among other things. Right? Yes, yes. And um, but Michael has a long history involved with uh, a lot of uh, businesses, a lot of uh, political campaigns, but also a lot of what we are about here in Marlin and in, in Massachusetts, and so. Mike was kind enough to drive over from Marblehead, Marblehead where he resides right, to take no. uh, part in the show this evening. And I, I, will, I will tell you, it's the first time I've seen uh, the building down, the city hall. I was here when it went up, because to show you lived your life. You know? <laughs> well, the, maybe, uh, maybe they'll put you in the corner well, uh, uh, to, block when they put up the... As, as the mayor, um, you know the story. Very few people are really aware of why the city hall ended up there. And, of course, the old city hall was right on uh, Main Street yeah, right, right. where the bank is. Right. And um, <clears throat> at the time, um, it's hard to think that in your and my lifetime how the world has really changed. The first uh, Sears Roebuck in a mall was the Saugus Mall in the country. I they opened that, that little little uh, place on Route 1, which, of course, at that time was not wide like it is now. It was a... And, the, and Sears is now on life support. And Sears, Sears, Sears is, God even knows if it's still around. Yeah. It, what, what's fascinating is that conceptually the idea of downtown Malden was particularly at Christmas time in the late 50s, early 60s, as you may remember, the traffic in Malden Square, particularly where the uh, old high school is and the new high school is n- now in that corner on Salem Street. You could take the hard right onto Salem, or you could go to to Main Street toward Melrose, or you could take the turn to go on on Main and then on to Pleasant, and it was like crazy. And people thought one of the ways that that Malden could compete with malls was to literally create a walkway, which would start where the old uh, Granada Theater was, right at the top. And literally, the original plans, which someone I know still has, actually showed a huge um, hood over Pleasant Street going all the way down to where they were building the new, um, the, the then new city hall. And the idea would be a giant walkway with all kinds of little mom and pop stores like we used to have when we grew up. Well, we don't have little mom and pop stores anymore. And of course, nobody realized that the Democrats were going to lose. This was all based on the idea that President Johnson was going to get reelected, and therefore Torbett McDonald, who was then the congressman, could get the funding for this idea of a city mall, if you will. Well, you know, uh, the, the, the city hall was built, and the mall never was, and God only knows where the little stores went, but it's a fascinating story about how the city tried to retain its flavor uh, against the tides, if you will, of change. And one constant in this is that uh, parking is still a disaster of Pleasant still Street. Still a disaster. And, I and, was surprised when I walked in here that you beat me here because I, w- I, I drove around, which I, I, I 
trying to find the space more than once and twice, and then I start running close <laughs> to time, and I'm kept thinking to myself. I'll have to apologize to Michael because he's probably going to have to take Open the bus the show. to get here. Oh, well, <laughs> the, the 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 other thing was is that uh, you, you know when the when when City Hall went when it came down the Strand Theater, which was very close to here, if you remember the old right, Strand. Right. Um, my father took a brick from the Strand Theater because he thought it would be you know of, of value, if you will. Yeah. The only people who remember the Strand Theater are you and I. Yeah. <laughs> We're good, you know. So. And um, the other but part parking of, was a disaster even then. Yeah, it was always bad. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I think um, when the when the, the city hall was first discussed, uh, when, uh, it was going to be a drive-through. You're right. Gonna, there'd be a hole. Absolutely. Oh no. There you go. It was going to be a hole, yeah, and the yeah, building would yeah, be around yeah, it. Yeah. There'd be a tunnel, and you'd yeah. still be able to go to Medford. Yeah. But you know, again, what's uh, what's fascinating for me now, um, as I close in on seventy, you know, is to see how what seemed like good plans, good urban planning, if you will, for a place like Malden, um, is so affected by um, things that Malden can't control, like the fact that you're never going to have mom and pop shoe stores anymore. You're never going to have the kind of businesses that used to really permeate every city and town in, in Massachusetts. There isn't a person who's over 70 who can't name the pizza store or the shoe store or the lingerie store or the, or the, or the sporting goods stores that were in their community. And now we just don't have, we don't have communities like that anymore. It's not, it's not the, the same kind of thing. The one um, kind of business that is thriving now is restaurants, is dollar stores, dollar stores, and re- and restaurants in downtown Malden. Well, uh, and I um, I'm amazed they, they, the food's got to be good because uh, I will tell you, you it's have terrific to, go to find a parking space. I, I will tell you that I my own daughters um, who are both attorneys and um, uh, called me to say that they went to a restaurant and then they went to some sort of mystery place where you go on a uh, oh, it's down here. It used to be Sparks Department Store. Sparks Department Store. And they were saying, you're kidding me. And yeah. they had a fabulous time, and yeah. the food was great. And, yeah. But they did complain about the parking. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. You know? well, I didn't, so anyway, we didn't, we didn't come to talk old stories about Malden, well, but it's interesting. The, the, yeah, one thing is that the mayor had a State of the City uh, uh, address yesterday, and I wasn't there. So maybe they got some kind of magic wand now for parking. We'll... We'll find out when I read the well, newspaper next week. You know, you know, you know yourself having had the that tough job. It ain't as easy as it looks, as you well know. Well, um, it's sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, uh, if you're if you're a good mayor, then you may not be a good politician. It's sometimes mm-hmm. that, 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 that's incompatible, but it sometimes works that way. Right. Um, I have a couple of things about sure. the current status of life in general. But uh, um, but one thing about uh, maybe maybe to touch on a side with you've been in the in the in the public relations business and right. in the political side of it for, uh, for political communications for a number of candidates you've, at every 40, level forty five years yeah uh, and what um, um, are the most telling kinds of things that are different now than when you first started without uh, trying to broaden everything right into it? you know I I think the biggest difference is that we had an ability to talk to people through three major television networks and then later four, but ABC, CBS, NBC, and then later PBS to a lesser degree and later grew to a huge uh, operation. So that even if you're conservative or liberal or moderate, the, the prism of information was locked in those three silos. And now you, it is rare unless there's a huge event like god forbid 911 or if if a, a president was 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 shot or you know some sort of you know hu- or the shooting that occurred in florida the truth is is that 95% of the public gets their news from a very distinct um a s- series of um outlets which they have pre-chosen based on their ideology so, for example, what you and I know to be true, um, the world is round. Right? I think we can both agree the world Let's is round. We have, uh, we have players on the New England Patriots who aren't sure. 
because the little cubbyhole of information they have questions whether the world is round. Red Sox had a, had a, had a baseball guy, player. Right, <laughs> the guy who didn't believe in dinosaurs, right? They, uh, like Kyle Everett, right? But, 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 but it, it's, it's not so much ignorance as it is a lack of an information flow that is broader than they're predisposed by. So what do I mean by that? So you have a situation, for example, like the Russia probe that's going on now. If you are a regular viewer of Fox News or a regular uh, user of websites which you and I would call them conspiracy websites, other people would call them anti-establishment websites, you would have a totally different read of the world that you and I see every day and know to be real, you as a former mayor and as a businessman. And, and it, it, is, it is, for me, has been a stunning change, a sea change uh, in the number of things that we could agree on. Whatever we disagreed on was a small part, really. 90% was agreed on, 10% wasn't, and that was ideologically driven, gender-driven, geography-driven, whatever. Now it's it's a 40-60 part. With, we can agree on 40% and we can't agree on 60%. And that's, if you're a liberal, you don't agree on 60%. If you're conservative, you don't agree on, on, on 60%. If you're a woman, you don't agree on 60%. We, we have just created, because of so many different information flows, an inability to be a country the way we were before. And that's made my job that much more difficult. Some of it, um, of course, at the, at the national level or the, even at the state level oftentimes, you're not in a position to really do a hands-on campaign because no. the area and the, and the spread of time is, is an issue. But uh, also, uh, even at those lower-level offices, it seems that the personal connection to the voters is kind of diminished. They're doing it now with analyzing uh, philosophy or whatever. Well, and also they're doing it. I, I, I spoke this morning to a group of state legislators. I was asked by Speaker DeLeo to speak to them. Yeah. And um, they had a couple of people. One of the people they had was a, a woman who only does social media which is Facebook and the bots and the, and the chat room and you know stuff that I have neither interest in or skill set in. And when my turn came to speak, I said, you know, I got to be I got to be honest with you. Um, to me, politics hasn't changed in the following basic way. Whether you're running for school committee, whether you're running for state rep, whether you're running for mayor, whether you're running for Congress, whether you're running for Senate, United States Senate president, voters want to know three things about a candidate. Does the candidate understand the problems of people like me? Does the candidate care about the problems of people like me? For example, you can understand a problem and not care, or you can really be empathetic but not really understand. I, I, I would include in that category, for example, if you're a multimillionaire and you get a brain tumor, um, you're going to get to see a doctor at Mass General pretty damn quick. It's difficult to understand what it's like to be an average person and having to wait 12 or 13 months potentially to go in and see the specialist you want to see. So you can care about that but not really understand another person's problems or you can understand and not care. And then ultimately in the end, um, and this isn't just to throw bouquets to you, I, I think ultimately in the end one of the reasons you were successful for as many times as you were is because people thought you could do stuff for them. And, and that's know, the third piece of it. The third piece is, can you help me, my family, my community? my? And when you lose, as you well know, oftentimes it's because people say, well, he doesn't care anymore. He can't really help me anymore. And the new guy can. Those three reasons, I think, explain why Donald Trump became elected president. Absolutely. Those are the exact reasons exactly. why you can understand why some people voted for him that they did. But right. they talked about one or two or three of those. Absolutely. The... the, the when, when one takes a look, I think I don't think we've talked since the election, but the um, I would have on the on the election night I was um, doing analysis and I had access to four polls. 
one of which was the uh, the uh, DCCC poll, which is the Democratic Campaign Committee poll, and they had Hillary winning by four points. I knew somebody who was doing the Hillary polling that day, and they had her winning by three points. Um, I had access to Frank Lutz, who's a Republican pollster, and he had her winning by five points. But I only had one acquaintance in the Donald Trump campaign, one person I knew. And he called up and he said, oh, my God, it's insane here because um, Donald Trump will not implode if he loses by nine points or less. But if he loses by double digits, he'll go crazy. So they, the winning campaign was the farthest off on what eventually happened, which is he won. And they were totally stunned because they really did think it was a question of is it going to be – 10 points or 11 points, or is it going to be 9 and 8 points? All they wanted to do was lose by 8 points. By and they would have been happy. By less than double digits. And that is an absolute true story. That's been confirmed by a number of other yeah. people, too, not just me. So you, the, the question of why he won and what he said to people, I think, goes to those three things. I think that, that whatever skills Hillary Clinton had, she never convinced people that she understood them or cared about them or was going to do stuff for them. People thought she could take care of all the other people. She could take care of women. She could take care of blacks. She's going to take care of, of immigrants. She's take, but not me, not me, not my family, whatever. And Donald Trump may be crazy, but at least he'll, he'll think about me. And I don't think that's true about her at all. I think that, 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 that um, if we had Bill Clinton sitting next to me here, he would be saying, I kept trying to tell him, you, you've got to have a message for the other people, but they just genuinely believed that um, Donald Trump was so outside the mainstream of political thinking in America that he just couldn't get, they couldn't envision him getting elected. I couldn't envision him getting no. elected either, to be blunt. No. And even now, a year in, today has been a huge day for the news. I don't know if you had an opportunity to hear but um, his communications director, who yesterday admitted— What a name she has, huh? Yeah, uh, Hope, you know. <laughs> uh, but, but she admitted, Ed, to a congressional committee that, that she told white, white lies. lies. White lies. I mean, can you imagine as mayor if you told the, the, the then Malden News? I just want to know that I'm pretty honest, but every once in a while i got to tell the voters white lies. I mean, you, you would have been run out of office. Yeah. And it it took one day for that to catch up to her. One day when she had to be, yeah. you know, shot. Yeah. And um, uh, the the New York Times tonight has posted a list of all the quote white lies that Trump has told, and it goes on and on and on. And yet, for thirty eight percent of the public, thirty seven percent of the public, if the election were held today, they'd vote for him. Well, I I. Uh I have people whom I uh, know, as you do, who um, uh, can visualize that the results of what the election turned out, that the proof, let's say, in their mind, that's worse than what they thought. But beyond that, they can't envision how he lasts four years. And and in my, in my, you won't. Uh, it, it, it's it it is it is beyond. Any conceptual idea that I have that he can do it. Remember, Nixon made it through the early stages of Watergate. I mean, in 1972, which was the beginning of that whole period, uh, as you remember, um, he won re-election with the biggest win in the he history of the, one state one, Massachusetts. You know, and that's it. And um, um, the the idea that he would be thrown out was incomprehensible. In this case, the problem that you have, and, and again, you know, uh, opinions are just that, they're just yeah. opinions, but I believe because they never thought there was any way he could win, that they were sloppy. If, if you think you could possibly win and you want to do something that is inappropriate, illegal, on the line, whatever... You do it, but you don't leave the breadcrumbs. You're careful because you say, in case I win, I don't want to have breadcrumbs. Because they had no reasonable idea that they were going to succeed, the problem with the investigation is they've left the trail. And the, and, and the only people who can't see the trail 
are Donald Trump and his most ardent supporters. The one thing that has really angered me in the last year is the press does what it always does, which is they overreact. So they missed the Trump phenomenon, and so now they're overplaying the Trump supporters. You look at the polling data, and the polling data clearly shows that between 58 and 62% of the public from literally day one has been willing to not vote for him in the in the last in the last year and two months through February last day of February the Democrats have won 38 straight a uh, 38 of 39 house races um, um, uh, uh, special, special elections, elections. Yeah. 38 out of 39 yeah. yesterday yesterday they won two more and there's one big one in Pennsylvania where uh, a district that President uh, Trump won by 20-plus points, and it's a dead heat, a 20-point race. And the only one they lost was the Georgia race. But, but the press continues to miss that sign that you don't win that many consecutive races all over the country, particularly in Republican states and Republican districts, without it sending you a signal. And the signal is... He's in trouble uh, politically, but I, I think there's zero chance he makes it to election day in 2020. Uh, I just, I, 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 I can't imagine how he does it. Well, are you saying you don't think he'll finish the full term? I think that what he'll again, opinions are worth right. whatever. No. But I, if if you were to say to me, um, what's your bet? I would suggest to you that at at some pers- at some point, one of two things happens. Either he gets rid of um, his attorney general so that he can start the process of trying to get rid of Mueller, which kickstarts a, um, a an impeachment, or um, the investigation itself turns up the kind of evidence that shows that he absolutely positively colluded. Uh, Roger Stone. Uh, they, 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 again, they weren't even clever. They during the campaign, Roger Stone, weeks before anyone knew about John Podesta's emails being hacked, he he went and said, "Well, he's going to be in the in the barrel soon." They then said to him, "Well, how did you know that? Did you talk to the guy? I had no contact, absolutely no contact." Yesterday, we got emails him talking to the guy directly. Oh, those emails? You mean those emails? Oh my God! And it was because they didn't expect that Trump was going to win that they got sloppy. If, Roger Stone thought there was any chance Trump would win. He never would have left the paper trail he's left. And this investigation is, and I have, I'm lucky enough to know a couple of people who, uh, in D.C., who, you know, know various and sundry people on the committees, and they've been very tight with information except to say it's just except a matter of time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, particularly Mueller has been fabulous. Yeah, I mean, I, I, professional. I, it's interesting. He's a Massachusetts. Do you know that he was uh, Bill Weld's roommate in college? Who, Mueller? Mueller. Very really? few people know that. Yeah, they were roommates in, at, you know, when he came back from Vietnam. Jeez, he might know more secrets than we really God, God only knows, you know. <laughs> you know that dive into the Charles River we all remember. But, but uh, again... The real question is: Is what happens? World, what I happens? Think right. Really, well, there's always a Massachusetts <laughs> yeah, connection. Yeah. The question I have is: If 37, 36, or thirty-seven percent of the people, under no set of circumstances, will be able to be convinced that the president, in some way, colluded and/or, then even after the thing is over, you'll have a country divided in a way that we've never seen. But it's very scary in that, in that yeah. kind of, and that's where we get back to the idea of, of the of uh, the siloing, if you will, of information. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I've said to people as a, as a comment though, and, and uh, it's, it's some of the things that he's older than he appears to be because he's uh, uh, Trump oh, is already, yeah. oh. and. Um, Sometimes that catches up with you, you know, as, as it accelerates the and, and as aging. My, and as my grandmother, may she left, rest in peace, used to say, he was a hard liver. Yeah. You know, he's been living and the bear. That's even worse. Whoa, right. Yeah. You know, it's... it's. But I, I kind of think, um, without knowing what's going to hold in the future, that 
Should he finish the term? I mean, he went through the charade this week of announcing his campaign right. manager for the two. This is the whole. That's the whole yeah. idea. Three years out, like yeah. you would do that. Yeah. Three years yeah. out of your, yeah. two yeah. years out of your campaign. That sounds like a person worried about the next election. Exactly. And and his position. But beyond any of that, would be. I think it's still conceivable that should he survive all of this, and that should he be uh, seek reelection, that it's a very much of a possibility, in my view, that he could get reelected again. Here's his problem. When you look at the dynamic of the base, his base, only if there's a three-person race. So if the Republicans were to run a candidate as a, quote, Republican, and he were to run as a, as a head of the Trump party, and the Democrats were to run a candidate, then he could win a, a th three-party race. <laughs> there is... Zero possibility based on, on the data that we have now. I mean, no president in the history of survey research, in the history of survey <coughs> research, Ed, has ever had the numbers, the, 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 number, the low number of favorable and the high number of unfavorable that he's had his first year in. No one's even close to me. He's, he's got a, an unfavorable that's literally 20 points higher than anyone who preceded him at this point. I mean, it, 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 is, it, it, it begs the question, again, if the 33 to 37 percent are absolutely locked in, um, will he do something clever like say, I don't want the Republican nomination, I'm running on the Trump party? <coughs> that would be the move I would make. I would say, I don't want to, I'm not running as a Republican, I don't believe in the two-party system, I'm running as Trump for president and, and let them run their own guys. In that case, you could see him, the 38%, being enough to win a three-party race. Well, uh, although, well, maybe although it would, it would almost seem to be that the um, third-party fact is more likely to help a Democrat than it would be helping a, uh, a, a Republican. I agree. It happened with Anderson, and it happened with Ross Perot. Well, you don't need to go there. Yeah. The, be the better one is just to take a look at the only time someone ran as a third party reasonably even Johnson in the last election right well the 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 the, the 1912 race between Woodrow Wilson Teddy Roosevelt running Taft and Eugene Debs yeah. who people forget got 10% of that that vote you that, know, that many 10% yeah. of that vote um but again if you think of it this way he stands up and he says look it a pox on both parties they're corrupt. It's a swamp. Um, I don't want to work with Republicans and Democrats and be the head of their party. I want to be the leader for America. Mm -hmm. And therefore, let the Democrats nominate. Let the Republicans nominate. I'm going to run as, as, a, as, a, as, as a, un, under the Trump party wing in 50 states. He could A, afford to do that, and B, he could you know, potentially pull it off. The Democrat would probably finish second or, or you know, pretty close, and the Republican would be the one who's most hurt because 80%, 85% of his vote are are hard by our Republicans. So if they left the party, the Republican would fit, and which is exactly what happened when Wilson and 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 uh, Roosevelt came in first and said the only time a Democrat or Republican hasn't finished first or second in a presidential race the bull moose. was the Bull Moose Party, yeah. and and Taft was a distant third, actually was closer to the socialist candidate Debs than he was to Teddy. Yeah, um, the. Uh, one of the things was it, it, it came up in the news today. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, and you may be uh, right because sometimes, in my view, as I, I watch the TV and read whatever mm -hmm. I, and talk with people, um, that it's I don't think he thinks through some of the things he says and that he does. However, um, today the announcement that he made, suppose, was he'll support the Democrats on this age 21 on the gun thing. Which means that's a break from the Republican Party because they're 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 married to the NRA. So he might be saying, "Well, I'm thinking he's not he's not really acting uh, rationally. That he may be more rational and more organized." Right. He, more he needs the conversation to get off of the Russia investigation yeah. and on. To, but as you well know, I mean, ultimately, if Mueller's Broad theory is correct. Somewhere many years ago, the Russians identified him as a person who they could use to change the perception of them as being our big enemies. So if you think of it in, in the following sort of way, 
Um, no, let me take a step back. This is a better way to do it. In 1989, I was invited by the United States State Department to join a group of people who went over to the, the old Soviet Union after Glasnost and Perestroika to teach democracy. And I happened to be in the same class as Chris Matthews, who now is an MSNBC reporter, and worked for Tip O'Neill as did I. And I remember the person who taught our class said, um, when you go overseas, whatever country you get sent to, we didn't know where we were going to be sent, except it was going to be in the old Soviet Union. You're going to be sitting on a park bench, and a very attractive woman is going to sit down next to you with a book, and she's going to start to read. And she's going to start to chat, and you're going to think to yourself, this is the luckiest day of my life. It's not. <laughs> That's what she said. And Chris has used that expression on his show. He's actually told that story uh, without me, obviously. But, yeah. but, but, but Donald Trump went to the, uh, to, I believe, went to then Russia for the Miss Universe pageant, and he did something stupid. And there is no rational reason. <laughs> there is no rational reason why he is speaking the way he is about America's greatest enemy. Now, add to that that there are many people who believe that the Russian oligarchs were involved in money laundering through both the casinos he used to own and his real estate. And again, we have the example of a place in Florida which he bought for $50 million, which as the prices came down, and he then sold to a Russian for $90 million. That's not usually how it works when the prices are going down. And um, that's what that's really what he's looking at. He's following the money. That's why he keeps talking about what business deals did he have. That's why the president can't release his tax returns. Um, and again, it, Ed, it all comes back to the fact he never thought he was going to get elected. This was always about the branding of Trump. Yeah, it was that's, never that's about been a lot, been, both by the top people close to him yep. and even outside. The uh, but you know one of those people that uh, so that suggested you don't think he may finish the four years. I agree. I I, I think that the, it would be, I would be shocked if he is if if a year from June, so that's about two and a half years in, if he hasn't either quit or. He's he he's pardoned everyone that's been involved in anything that's had to do with any of the stuff, and the price he pays for the pardon is he resigns and hands it over to a Pence. And who one of his staffers, Rishi, said, if you think he's going to a problem with Trump, that when you get the vice president who already deals talking to God, you he's going to be a worse problem. Well, I I've got to be honest. I I spend much of my time speaking to the Lord also. Um, the difference between he and I is God talks back to him and he doesn't <laughs> talk to me. That's the part. It's yeah. not believing in God. It's yeah. the idea that God then tells him yeah. what to do that yeah. scares you a little bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's a, uh, I find him to be, a, you know, just a, a extraordinarily um, scary individual from my perception of what America is. He's a puppet. Well, he, well, he, he sits there, stands there with the. Yeah. But he'll be president. He'll be president puppet, uh, and he'll 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 he will be the anti-Trump. He and his wife, as you know, he doesn't go out for, for with meals with he women. Doesn't have dinner, right? Yeah. And because and and he will say, "I am the you know, even though I was his vice president, I'm." I'm the I'm the values candidate. the The evangelicals will say, "Oh, he's he's Trump without the baggage." Yeah. I mean, he'll he'll run a, an interesting race. Yeah. I'm more worried about beating him, believe it or not, in four years than beating than beating yeah. Trump. Yeah. The, the 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 great thing about American politics is uh, that the number of people when you look back in history, who and, and this happens obviously at the, at the state level as well, but in, in terms of the presidencies uh, campaigns over the years is that how certain people became president, whether it was Teddy Roosevelt, whether it was, yeah. whether it was in, in, in Penn's case, he couldn't probably get reelected the governor of his state, and he potentially he, we, exactly. the president. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and again, it, it, you know, in the, the business of politics is the business of luck and timing. Yeah. Um, you make the point about Teddy Roosevelt. The, uh, the day that, uh, that McKinley died, uh, Mark Hanna, 
who was the most famous political consultant right. of his day, right. if you will, money, you know, money guy. He said, "Oh my God, that damn Cowboys president! What do we do now?" Yeah. Um, the the interesting, you know, part of this is there is no Trump administration the way you and I think of an administration. If if you think of, and again, I'll use you as an example, the Lucy administration, you had X number of people who worked for you directly that you put in and that were your staff people. During the four years you were mayor, how many of them? Had to quit because of a, a problem. They either none, lied, no, none. <laughs> and if you take a look at the current mayor, you know it, whether you like the mayor, you know whether it's it, it, it's Kelleher or whether it's it's Lucy or whether it's Conway, it's Fallon yeah. or whether it's Conway. Yeah. The truth is, staff stays the term of the mayor. To think of the number of people in a year that we knew because of the campaign that had been wiped out. You know, I remember uh, the when 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 Reagan was president and and uh, the uh, Secretary of Interior that not that was the Secretary of Inter of of, uh, of the Interior um, had to be replaced. It was oh my God, they're replacing a cabinet secretary. You, you you wouldn't even know if they replaced a cabinet secretary because everyone inside the building has been literally targeted either by. These um, are trivia questions, and I don't know the answer to them. Do you remember what his name was? Was um, was uh, some? I'm sure a caller will, will know who I'm talking about. He was the the, the whack, the the crazy guy who was uh, Reagan's secretary of interior. Oh my you know god! What I think it was uh, uh, Nancy wanted to bump Re Reagan, but that's yes, not. that was a, that was Don Reagan. That yeah, was a different right, guy. Right. No, no, I, I'm trying to think of. It. I will before the thing is over. It'll come uh, to me. But the point is, if 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 he. God forbid, if the president got hit by a bus tomorrow and all of a sudden Mike Pence found himself running the administration, there is no administration the way you and I traditionally think of the White House. There are no department heads. There, there are people who haven't got not only the clearances, but we don't have an ambassador in North Korea. We don't have an ambassador to, to Australia. We don't have an ambassador. I mean, it, there's literally... The State Department, almost all of the experienced people have walked away, cleaned out the dress, they're gone. The, 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 he would, whether it was you, me, or Mike Pence, you're taking over a shell that pretends to be a White House, but so it's not really the White House. One of the questions I'm going to ask you was, do you, in your view, is his administration organized chaos or just chaos? It's chaos. It's yeah. not organized chaos. It, it's, it's, I originally... I knew some people who actually uh, knew John Kelly from Brighton. That's where he comes from um, when he was younger. And there was a lot of of hope for his going in there. But um, in many ways, we shouldn't be surprised that a general acts like a general and not like a civilian in terms of, of uh, his leadership in the building. Yeah, but he, But the question is, is... Does he survive the next 15 to 20 days with Jared Kushner and Ivanka, Ivanka Trump putting a bullseye on his back? Yeah. And then we'll know a lot more yeah, in 20 yeah. days. Yeah. One thing I'll throw out to you. Uh, there was a new James Watt. Oh, you're right. Yes. With See? the glasses. See, this is what happens the when you're old. The guy with the glasses. <laughs> when you're old, it finally comes to you. Yeah. I, I usually remember the 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, there you go. Oh, make yeah, the yeah. Phone but call. Remember James Watt? He was like I know. You know, crazy. Yeah, you know? got the glasses with the bald head. There you go. It's very good. Very good. I'm very impressed. The, the, uh, the, the one thing I'll throw out to you is a thought of mine. Among all those elections, the Democrats won was in Alabama. And that was by less than five points, as I recall. And beyond any of that, I think the reason they won was because of the candidate. That the of course, had. there wouldn't have been a. But, there wouldn't have been a. a, a, a uh, there wouldn't have been a race. Sessions well, has been humiliated uh, uh, and uh, embarrassed, and he and he stays in the in the job with like uh, he's almost like well I don't know I don't have anything else to do. But could you envision that at some point in the near future? Because that election comes up. Uh, in in 2020? Yeah, no, no. He's not going back. He, he wouldn't is, go back? No. He certainly he's, could win it if he went back. He believes, yes, he could. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, that Democrat is not going to make it through. I wouldn't yet. think so. But then, you know, you may remember when when Nixon appointed um, Ford 
to be vice president. His seat in Grand Rapids had been a Republican seat for 60-plus years. And the race became a question about Watergate. And a guy named Dick Vander Veen beat a guy by the name of David Vanderkam <laughs> to be, and, and he was in for the three months or four months or five months, and yeah. then, you know, the, the world goes back to the way it is. Massachusetts, how long did we have uh, Scott Brown? 20, 20 seconds? Well, I was going to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And, and um, um, in his case, um, I was kind of surprised he lost. Oh, no. It was, it's Only the same because— thing, Same thing as—it's yeah. it's not that different than what's going to happen in Alabama. It's a, it's a Republican state that every once in a while, in a miracle, <laughs> elects a Democrat. Yeah. We hear—the values that he had were not the values that the, quote-unquote, average statewide independent or independent or Democrat— But or he, Democrat won a, he won one. He, only because— he was running against a, a candidate in a in a uh, again a special election uh, where they made the race appear to be if you remember Martha Coakley um, the Democrats think it's their right to do it. it's the Kennedy seat it's not the Kennedy seat it's the people's seat and it's not you know she doesn't get it automatically and Kennedy's I mean it was a a brilliant strategy it was all based on polling data that they had and and survey research which basically said people loved Ted Kennedy but they hated the idea that the democrats thought they didn't again did the democrats understand do they care are they going to do anything for me or do they think the seats theirs without any now who comes in behind them Elizabeth well, Warren. Did you think Schilling pitched for the Yankees? Was that? Yeah. <laughs> well, there was some, she went out before in Fenway Park. Yeah. And, uh, no, no. She came out. She said, you know, uh, I'm supposed to be campaigning. And, and that was taken out of context, too. That yeah. That's not what she's. But you know it's not what is real. It's important. Yeah. It's what's perceived. And it was perceived that she was not taking it seriously. Um, the, the day after she won, and I was a big Martha Coakley and remain a big Martha Coakley fan, by the way, um, when... When she went to Washington to raise money, and he was ready day one to be out there working. Now, I happen to have known Scott Brown for a number of years casually because of the State House. I don't know a single person who ever saw him drive a truck. He had a foreign convertible. Oh. And again, putting him in that, that jacket, and the, the truck was so that he could take his daughter's horses. The equipment she needed for her for the horse. How many people in Malden own a goddamn horse? Like, what are you talking? I mean, that's what Coakley needed to say that. Uh, but he he played this this. this I got a crappy truck and uh, and um, again, you know, the, the overwhelmingly people thought he understands me. He's a regular guy. He was a multi-millionaire businessman who owned up, you know, private law practice. What do you right. want to say? Exactly, and, yeah. and you know, it's doing a, conveyances, yeah, out of his house or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, he's in New Zealand, and we're not. So, how do you figure? Yeah, uh, <laughs> the um, I can kind of compare this uh, a gubernatorial election yeah. this year to one that was well second term. Yeah, in that uh, you almost have. Um, it's ordained that he's going to get reelected, and uh, it's kind of ironic because uh, people don't remember well even today being governor because he kind of flowed through the. Uh, well, he left after two years. He beat Roosevelt in, in that race, right? And then Mark Roosevelt, and then he was gone. He started running for Mexico, Mexico. ambassador to Mexico, but he had lost to Bellotti, I think, running for AG. Oh, he got killed. He lost. He lost every community but one. He literally at three. Hundred and fifty out of three hundred and fifty one uh, uh, communities went with and 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 uh, the current governor was badly beaten in his first effort to run statewide. The, the difference here is I will go to my grave believing that if either Joe Kennedy the second, not the son but the father, who was a three term congressman, or Scott Hoshbiger, who was a one term attorney general. Our polling showed that both of them would have given Weld a contest. The person who ended up running against them didn't raise any money. Weld raised something like eleven or twelve million dollars. Mark Roosevelt raised five hundred thousand, and he was killed. I mean, just just blown up. And became the superintendent of schools in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh, yeah. <laughs> a good guy. But just in this particular case, the I believe that if they were interested. 
both Maura Healy, who's our current Attorney General, and the Mayor of Boston, both would be strong candidates if they decide, but neither of them wants to run. Yeah. And so what you have are three very good guys, but nobody strong enough at the outset with the kind of name recognition that either Kennedy and or Hoshbarger had back in 94 or Healy and or, uh, or uh, um, uh, Walsh would have in 2018. And, uh, you know, uh, you've got to give Charlie Baker credit. I, was, I happen to be in the same restaurant as him today. We, uh, we belong to the same club so I see him, you know, twice, three times a month, and it's always friendly, always uh, a gentleman. Um, it's hard to um, to figure out what your strategy would be to take him out. How I would do it if if I had a candidate that is, I I don't think the Democrats have been as effective as they could be in talking about the problems that his administration has had in terms of staff that have had to leave the controversy over the state police the the uh, certainly the MBTA is a disaster the there's a lot of stuff that's out there that sort of chip away but you haven't had anyone with the kind of messaging and he has basically floated and he again a basically a you know a pretty good guy and and brilliantly is anti-Trump in a state that is massively anti-Trump as a Republican. Mm. And so if you're a Democrat, you feel pretty good about a Republican mm. who says, I agree with you, Trump shouldn't be president. Yeah. My, my view of that state police situation is that um, if they be aggressively pursue it, they, they will find that as much as there's, there's, there's a story to tell about the administrators of the states, both, both of whom resigned, mm -hmm. it took their, their, their retirement, which is a substantial living, is that there's a, a connection between the, the things that were done there and the, in the district attorney's office in Worcester County. Right. And I think there's some stuff that happened between the judge and, and the county of Worcester that they, they've kind of, uh, and that's a Democrat right, situation. Right, right. Well, and again, the, 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 a lot of the people out there in Worcester are connected to the lieutenant governor, very close to Polito uh, politically. Um, so there's, uh, there's a lot of reasons for people to, I, I don't know, listen, to me, it's a sad story that anyone has to hear that their daughter offered sex to a, to a policeman. Uh. I think it's terrible. I think that there is a part of me says I would hope people would use good judgment in situations like that. But when you're talking about power and a judge has power, um, you have to know that people are going to take a look at it and say they wouldn't have done it for my daughter yeah and therefore that's not right and uh it, it's 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 interesting because it's it's sort of been out there but not out there because it's worcester and it's not really boston and it's you know we'll see but but again i i think a lot of what i've heard from people is if it was my daughter who had been involved in that they wouldn't have changed any report for me yeah and you know. the reason for that, I think, to a great degree, would be you wouldn't have access to people who could make the there phone calls to get the report. Exactly, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and uh, yeah. but who doesn't want to? But you would, but I would. No, <laughs> but I, you know, you know. Again, it's a very valid point. I mean, I, yeah. it's what I said before about yeah. about you know one of the great things about you know being involved in public life. You know, one of the great rewards, if you will, um, is not financial, but just having access to people who can do things for people. So, again, I'm glad there are times when the relationships that I've developed over the years have allowed me to help people that I know, if you will, jump the line. I, I remember a great story. As you know, I worked for both Tip O'Neill, the former Speaker of the House, and Michael Dukakis, and who I still remain very, very friendly with. Um, he's sharper now than he's ever been. He's been terrific. And if you ever want to have him on the show, he's a fabulous guest uh, on a show like this. Um, but when Michael was governor, let's say there was a story in the Boston Herald about a Malden woman who lived on the third floor of a crime-ridden area of Malden, and she she was afraid to leave her apartment because of the gangs in the street, and um, they were stealing her Social Security check from her mailbox. Now, Malden, it wouldn't have happened here, but... It certainly happened in Boston. There were parts of Boston where people were literally living in fear of their lives. If 
Michael Dukakis had read that story in the paper, he would have come in and said, damn, that is the worst story I ever read. I'd love to get her out of there, but there are nine people ahead of her on the list. And it's not fair to jump the list just because the story's in the paper. Tip O'Neill would have read that story and said, jump the list. You know, I'm, I feel badly for the eight people who, are, who should get it before her. Yeah. I know the story because we, we're touched by the things that we hear. And, 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 you know, that's why the media is so important in many cases in helping people break through the, the noise. But it's not fair, as you well know. I'll ask you, if I heard a story about Michael Dukakis that maybe you can confirm sure. or not. Um, he, when he was governor, there was a need for more judges. So they put a bill together, and they sat down with the governor, and um, they suggested that what they wanted to do was the number of judges. They were going to give so many to the state senator and so right. many to the, to the president uh, of the Senate right. and, the, and the speaker of the House, and the governor's office would get so many. And that's not the way he did business. Nope. So what happened was instead of split in three ways, the two of them each got more, all the rest right. of the judges to appoint. Well, the, 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 the governor, the, the, that's a little bit apocryphal, but it is – it is something where he was, um, he was committed that anybody who was was appointed had to get through the committee, and they had plenty of judges who could get through the committee. The fact that they were their judges yeah. was not, but Michael would not allow for anyone to become a judge that couldn't pass the the uh, the bar review, the, the bar yeah. review, and yeah. and it cost them, you know, again, yeah. that was Michael. Uh, one Michael, two and three was a very different. Real flexible, one. more flexible. More flexible. You yeah, learn, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I mean, you know, again, I think I don't. I don't care who you are. Again, you were a rep and you were a city councilor. When you walk into the mayor's office, everything, you know, is different. Yeah. You know, the the pressures are different. Uh, but you know, you know, I re I see things in the paper sometimes about people's lives and. <coughs> You just want to help. You just want to extend the hand, and unfortunately, the system has so many people who need a hand that you you can't just be arbitrary in in those decisions. And of course, if you're on the outside looking in, you say, "Why can't you do it?" It's because I got twenty other people who also deserve the and thing, and it makes what makes government hard. Yeah. Yeah, the person you make a policeman off the list that uh, doesn't deserve it means someone who did deserve it might not get exactly. The job. Yeah. And you know, and, and we, you know, a, a great, a perfect example, unfortunately, was um, uh, where the 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 case of the of the uh, um, um, probation officers and you know the well, oh, that the, was the, a injustice, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. and and again, uh, excuse me, how about the. Um, the state trooper that was a, a, a was testified against a boyfriend. Uh, I mean, I, I again, <laughs> when you say, how do you beat? But that, by the way, excuse me, you not to interject it. But that case, um, when they indicted the O'Leary, yes, a very weak case. I, I even when I read it initially, that did you think doing all those things on the surface is maybe unethical, but the illegality of it. As he suggested, was it's that was the, that was the way life was. And right, it exactly. wasn't fair, but I th I thought at the time that wasn't a good case. It legally. wasn't, and they lost. But he yeah. ended up he ended up you know winning. Right. And, yeah. Now one other know. question, if I could, yeah. maybe because we're sure. please, uh, Senator Feinstein from California. Yes, I think she's serving six terms. Senator she's, Feinstein, Diane uh, Feinstein, eighty-four years old. Right, um, Irish Catholic. Is she Irish Catholic um, uh, woman who happened to be married to a guy with a Jewish name? Didn't know that. There you go. Um, but uh, the I other thing is, you. she was also one of those people that was a fluke when she first. Well, she was Harvey Mudd's of San Francisco. San Francisco deputy mayor went in. Right. But her husband was massively wealthy, so it was not as much of a fluke as people complain. Yeah, but she had lost elections before that. She had. Yes, yeah, yeah, she yeah. had. But my 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 thought with the reason I want to talk to you yeah. would be about that election. Eighty-four years old, six-year term. Why run? I mean, even she, because she, she looks good for her age. Because, I mean, she's not strong. Thurman, he's eight till a hundred. You asked that question, <laughs> you know, and you of all people should know the answer to the question. Because when she wakes up in the morning and she looks in the mirror, she doesn't see an eighty-four-year-old woman. She looks in the mirror and says, "You know." I'm still young. I still got a lot to put on the table. I'm not no, ready to I'm retire. I'm getting up in the morning. I'm getting up in the morning. No, but that's the answer to the question. You know, yeah. the, the answer to the question is, you know, when it when it 
involves you as an individual, you never think of yourself as being, it's time to leave. And you say, no one can do the job better than me. Um, it's up to voters. I, I, I would, my favorite, and very quick, my favorite race of all time, show you how brilliant I am, was someone said to me, I was, again, working for Speaker O'Neill then, and so he said, oh, you know, um, you'll never guess who has a race. I what said, you'll never guess who has a race. Oh, oh. I said, who? They said, uh, Fulbright. I said, you got to be kidding me. He says, who's running? He says, some guy named Bumpers. I, I started laughing. I said, nobody named Bumpers is going to beat Fulbright, one of the most famous senators in America. The Fulbright Scholarship, the whole thing. Took him, it was just time. Yeah. And her, the thing that she, that's helpful for her now under the current system is the person running against her who actually got more votes than she did at the convention simply doesn't have the money in California. It almost costs as much toward for president as it does for senator in California. So, you know, again, uh, if she can get up and walk down those stairs, you know, um, she's going to, you know, she's going to be the senator. In the couple of minutes remaining, who would you pick as a potential uh, national stars or even statewide stars uh, in, in the, between the two parties? Uh, well, I, I don't, I, and I'm not just being mean about this, I don't see much of a bench behind Baker. There haven't been stars that have emerged, cabinet secretaries that have emerged, anybody that you could say, oh my God, they're going to be a future. Baker was a star in the Weld Administration. Right. Interesting, you know, even though you were right. We were, we're very affable. Very too. affable. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and, uh, but name, name a member of the administration. You can't. They're, they're, they're really invisible. Who I think is a lightweight. Right, and she's not going to... She's yeah. a lot of baggage. she got baggage, and yeah. she's Worcester. Yeah. Um, on the Democratic side, I think that it, it, it's pretty clear to everyone that uh, that uh, you've got a number of players um, uh, statewide. Um, Maura Healy, obviously, is the Attorney General. She is incredibly popular, and she could actually give him a real serious race. People like her. Um, she, um, you can't meet her and not walk away saying, God, you know, there's a star, you know. Um, you know, obviously, we've we've heard about you know Joe Kennedy the third. We saw him. Um, you know, when your name is Kennedy, it's a hell of an advantage to have. Um, you know, Mayor Walsh, um, uh, amazingly, uh, according to the polling data, um, despite what you and I remember about 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 Kevin White and about Flynn and about Menino, he's the first mayor of Boston to have. A over fifty percent favorable outside of the city, statewide. People just l like it. Now that doesn't mean he has any desire to run, but it is an interesting. You know, when you say, you know, you know who can win, uh, and of course, people talk about uh, the fact that uh, the congressman from uh, uh, up in the sixth uh, district, Seth Moulton, Moulton, he went. He went to. Uh, he went to. Uh, he got married, and. Uh, on the week that he got married and was supposed to be on his honeymoon, he was in Iowa at a steak fry. Right, and <laughs> the other name I'll throw out to you is Catherine Clark. Oh, oh, I, I and yes. the one I disagree with you on is on Mayor Boston. But we're we're probably going to be running out of time. Catherine we, Clark is a genuine star in Washington. Yeah, she yeah, really is. She's yeah, a very yeah. big player. And people that met us. Uh, um, the senator from Massachusetts was very impressed. She was here in Malden recently. Who, um, uh, Warren? I'm sorry? You're talking about um, Warren? Yes. Warren. She you know, again, impressed. she's already a, you know, I mean, she's... she's. But she's her age is an issue. You know, she doesn't look and, and, and she, I don't, I'm not sure how much she loves the business of yeah, politics. Yeah. The, 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 the person I would say for you to, to keep an eye on uh, is uh, Camilla Harris out of California. Uh, All right, we'll put that General. name down. And Michael, thank you very much for always coming. I appreciate it. And uh, we could have used a lot more time. Well, it's always <laughs> a pleasure, my friend. <laughs> and yeah. I hope I hope your car isn't totally you haven't got a pocket ticket. I appreciate that, and 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 I hope you have a great time in Florida. Well, thank you very much. I hope you uh, maybe uh, many, how long is your brother staying? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's wealthy. He can go to Florida. I got to work <laughs> in the winter here. <laughs> well, anyway, I well the, the thing. That,